Hey, thanks for tuning in again to Eat the Artist podcast, where we talk about the good, bad, and ugly of making it as an artist. Mark your calendars, guys. We're working hard this month to bring you an awesome February, okay? We got our first show of 2021, February 12th. If you're in the Tampa area, Tampa, Florida, come on down to Hooch and Hive. We're playing. The show starts at 8 p.m., and it's free, social distance, very safe. So watch some live music. I know we're all missing it. I feel good about it. And then also our first single of 2021, Opposites Attract, which you're listening to right now, which is a little sample of, is going to be coming out. It's the first single off the album. We're super excited. Um, So make sure you mark your calendars. Make sure you follow us on social media. And of course, uh, sign up for our Panda Propaganda newsletter. Uh, You can do that on our website, pandapausemusic.com, and you'll be in the loop for everything. Get all the updates. Enjoy this week's episode. Got a great friend of mine from an awesome band. Really going to enjoy it. Take care. Thanks again. All right, my listening community, all I'm going to say about this week is surf's up, okay? We are here. We're suited up, sunblock applied, to sit down with some Tampa psychedelic surf rock royalty the Drainouts, okay? They're awesome. I love these guys. Really excited to learn a little bit more about them. And I'm here with their singer and bass player, Blake Billington. What's going on, man? How you doing? Yo, <laughs> I'm doing all right, man. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I'm glad we were able to uh, get past these little technical difficulties on my <laughs> end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you're here too, man. Thanks for joining us. And yeah, you guys, you guys missed out on a little bit of fun we had. Uh, you know, technology, as great as it can be, can also be a headache, but we persevered, and here we are. So, uh, how was your holiday, man? Uh, uh, how was everything? Dude, it was it was really nice. I uh, got to spend some time with uh, the lady, with the family and stuff, you know, the classic uh, double Christmas, right. like over, over my place and over her place. Uh, talked to a lot of friends, got to see a lot of uh, familiar faces, you know, from a, from a distance, of course, trying to keep our, uh, you know... Keep in mind the the coronavirus and all that stuff. But uh, outside of that, it was you know a great holiday. Right. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. Glad to hear. You know. I I feel like that's the general consensus consensus from what I'm hearing from people. You know, responsibility, but enjoying the time together after you know kind of a distant and weird year. So, um, and on that, you know, uh, 2020 kind of a kind of I would say be on the sucky side of things for most, but not for everyone. Uh, we had Discord three on last week. Um, um, Lewis was on with me, and he was. They had a great year. Um, and I know actually, despite all things, I kind of feel like it was it was it was good for me, kind of uh, looking back. But how about you? You know, we're coming on the end of the year. Um, you and the bands. You know, where does your rank on you know the suck scale? Where are you guys at? Are you guys on the good side of things or what? <laughs> Man, so quick shout out to Discord. I love those guys. Lewis especially, good friend of mine. But um. Yes. But yeah, man. Uh, on the on the suck scale, I mean, man, it's been a heavy one. I tell you what, I had I lost a couple friends, uh, not necessarily from coronavirus, but uh, just a yeah. collective uh, collective things. A lot of like honestly gun related things. But um, but yeah, man, there's a lot of, a lot of sickness and stuff going around. A lot of uh, I mean, of course, as a musician, it sucks not being able to go see shows as much and. Uh, and or even you know meet up with your bandmates at at one point I uh 
we I mean we had to cancel our tour but you know it's for the greater good you know no tour now but you know maybe we'll all still be alive at the end of this and we could you know we could uh, go on tour 2021 22 maybe you know right but it'll right. be it'll be cool it, outside of that we've been uh we've been trying to use this time to really hone in on our uh, writing process and uh get some new songs out do a little bit of recording while we can't play live we did a couple live streams here and there just to keep people uh, involved, let them know we're still we're still active. But right, but yeah, man, this this coronavirus is not a joke. I actually uh, I actually had it at one point, tested positive. Uh, wow! So that was that was nuts. But luckily, I was able to recover. So uh, man, yeah, that was back in back in June too. So you know, some months have gone by now. But but honestly, it, it uh, it's real, man. It's out of here. Wow. Well, I, I'm so, first of all, I'm so sorry to hear about um, Delasi, you know, your friends. That's that's never easy and that's terrible. Sorry to hear about that. Um, and uh, yeah, um, uh, and especially, you know, um, you know, with all the, you know, life happens, you know, no matter what's going on, you know, you know, pandemic or not, life can happen. And, but, you know, I, I just think it makes it 10 times harder. You mentioned not being able to concerts, not to be able to, you know, be with your support people. God, it can make things so tough. Um, uh, so I can definitely feel that. Um, and so you had, so the, um, now I have to ask, cause I've never, you know, you actually meeting someone who went through it. So what, you know, are you feeling still effects? Like, what was? Would you mind shedding a little bit of light on your experience with it? Yeah, to be honest, um, at first, because uh, me and me and my girlfriend actually both had it because we we lived together and stuff, so it's hard to kind of avoid, um, you know, both having when you're both in such close quarters. But um, you know, at first, we, you wouldn't have questioned it. It kind of seemed like allergies or something coming on, and then we were like, oh, you know, well, I mean, I am feeling a little a little weird. Um, you, we, we might as well just go get tested. So we went to the, the free clinic down the street. And at that point, it was like, you know, late June, which was like the height of what they call, I guess, like the second wave or I guess in some parts, maybe even the first wave. But it was packed, right. man. We had to wait in line for like four hours just to get a test. And then I actually didn't get my results for like nine days or something after that. So, But, um, but yeah, during those nine days, it, it uh, matured a little bit and um, – you know, honestly, it was, for me, not as bad, mild fever and stuff like that. But the main thing, and uh, it even still lingers sometimes, or I mean, to this day, my sense of taste really hasn't been uh, the same. I kind of wow. lost my sense of smell during, during it, and then I was able to recover some of that. But my sense of taste has still kind of been a little jacked up. So, and this is, you know, six months after the fact now. So Wow. That's crazy. That's wow. That's really wild. I mean, well, I'm glad that you guys recovered, you know, um, for the most part, but the crazy, that's crazy. Lasting, that's you know, those lasting effects. Well, you know, I hope, <laughs> hope that comes back for sure. Um, I, you know, I, I personally am not, uh, up to date on the research of the long-term stuff. Like, you know, if, if, you know, if that ends up coming back, but, um, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Hey, well, if anything, um, I guess it'll keep me in shape, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Less inclined to pig out. Right, right. Yeah, what's the point here? What's the point? Um <laughs> well <laughs> well okay, well let's let's I mean, all right, so we let's let's move on to let's start moving towards some some a little bit more positive light here. Um uh I wanna talk about you know, I wanna talk about, you know, the drain outs, 
Uh, I wanna, all the exciting things you, you have for us and you guys are working on an album, which I'm so excited to talk about. But first, my favorite thing to do, what we do here, eat the artists, you know, uh, talking about creative process. And my favorite things is finding out how people got their start, especially their introductions to music. You know, I think uh, we all have our own interesting path to where we're at. So, um, uh, so l- let's talk about the history time here. So what was your, so how did you get into, and I don't, even as a fan, I think we all become fans at some point before we, we become musicians. Um, what was your first introduction to music? What, what, what was the bug that bit you? Oh man. Well, my dad has always been a huge Rolling Stones fan. So I grew up just getting mm-hmm. Rolling Stones shoved down my throat, loved it, you know? And then, uh, you know, he, he used to do a bunch of, uh, like, lip syncing, I guess, back in the 80s. It was, like, a huge thing. And he used to, get, like, dress up as Mick Jagger and do a bunch of, like, lip syncing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, so he was always, like, real supportive. When I when I started listening to, to music, I remember one of the first bands I ever loved, was, you know what I mean, was Green Day. Loved Green Day. They had that American Idiot record that came out when I was in, like, fifth grade, you know. And... Uh, and I was like, oh, dad, like, please, like, I want a guitar so bad. Like, or actually, you know what? First, it was drums. I wanted to play drums so bad. And, uh, and my parents were like, no way, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard ask. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but they're like, yeah, we'll get you this, like, electric guitar, though. So then I, uh, I had this, my first guitar was, was a, I totally didn't even know who Dimebag Daryl was at all. But I went to the guitar store and I was like, I want this one. It had like lightning bolts and all that stuff. Oh, it was like yes. a wild looking shape. The Dimebag Daryl signature guitar. It was like this. Yeah, the explorer be- shape, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Man. And uh, so I was I was I was literally playing a Dimebag Daryl guitar, doing like Blink One Eighty Two covers on it. Like <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> I didn't even know who that was, you know. And, um, that's awesome. But yeah, man. And then I started, uh, just really like ripping that in my, in my bedroom. I was of course like terrible, you know, just learning basic, uh, music, you know, theory. And, uh, I pretty much started writing songs or at least my version of those. Um, like as soon as I got my hands on one, I, for me, the guitar was more of a, a vehicle to like write music and express it and express like my songwriting through like that was my goal from the beginning um you know granted i'm like age 12 so my songs were about probably like oh i hate being grounded or like whatever you know i have a crush on a girl but i'm 12 so like what does that mean <laughs> you know but but um of course so yeah man and uh since then i it's been it's been a journey i i started a little uh I guess like punk rock band with a couple of my friends in high school doing some like, you know, some Jimmy Eat World, like Blink-182, Green Day, like pop punky stuff, you know, we thought we were edgy, we thought we were cool, but I mean now I look at those recordings and I definitely try to like hide them from, <laughs> from humanity. Very deep within the depths, you know, looking past, you know, some of those old projects, I can definitely uh, understand that. I had a band... Um, when I was in high school, the Dream Beneath the Week, and we were MySpace hosted band. Were you? Was your was your pop punk thing hosted on uh, MySpace? Dude, we came a little bit after the. Uh, I actually didn't even have a Facebook until like 2009 or something like that because uh, uh. I was dating a girl in high school. I see, like quote unquote dating, you know, like age like 15. <laughs> whatever that whatever is, dating then. is, you know. <laughs> I don't even think I was 15 yet, maybe. But um, but I didn't have a texting plan, and she was like, "Oh, like you gotta, you gotta." you got to be able to talk to me outside of school. So that's when I downloaded Facebook so I could, like, message, you know? (laughs) 
Wow. Oh, man. Well, I'll say you missed out on the, the, the golden age of MySpace. That is where all of most of the embarrassing projects we, we did, you know, which people try and hide have uh, gone to rest forever. But oh, I definitely, I definitely like remember being, <laughs> remember seeing all those band pages on MySpace. My band just definitely wasn't on there yet. I was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you saved yourselves. Uh, but that's, that's great. I love, and I love the Dimebag story. And, uh, um, uh, I have to talk about when I was in that band, you know, of course, when you're, when you're, when you're first starting guitar, everything is loud and how loud and big and rock and roll can we get with this? You know, I just need it. And I remember going to get my first amp and getting literally like, um, like a, a half stack custom half stack, you know, um, and, uh, and a line six, of course you got to get the spider three line Dude, six head, just way effects, too big. You know? <laughs> right, right. Insane mode, and it's not the. I didn't even use the effects. I was, I was way too, so I was way too uh, concentrated on how loud I could make my gain and. Exactly. Dude, and, you just hit just, the insane button, and then you're just good to go. Like. Good to go. <laughs> yeah, set it and forget it. That's how we do this. Um, <laughs> that's great. Um, all right. So, and then you said you got right into songwriting. Um, and and you got and you got an electric guitar. That's great because that's funny because. I know you more. I knew you as a bassist. That was my introduction to you. So, um, so that was your first instrument. Were you a lessons guy, taught by yourself, YouTube kind of thing? Man, so there was this uh, local music shop uh, over here in Seminole, Florida, called Seminole Music and Sound. And uh, great guy there, Randy. He uh, he um, he taught me, you know, the basics, like the classic, uh, whatever, whatever the Guitar Method One book is that like you see on every store shelf, you know. But. Uh, but yeah, I worked my way through that, learned how to tune it, learned how to change strings with Randy. And uh and then honestly, I, when I at the time that I was taking lessons, I was I wasn't so much interested in theory as much as I'd be like, "Hey, like, you know, teach me how to play Enter Sandman or something like that." And he'd be like, "All right, check this out, you know." And uh so then I I'd do that, and then uh after a while I just kind of kind of gravitated away from the lessons and started kind of more just hanging out with my friends and bringing my guitar over. Um, I had a buddy that had like a bass guitar, so we linked up, and then and then I had another another friend who actually is now the uh, the drummer of Garden Club, Natalie. She's a really good drummer, but um, but yeah, the three of us had a little thing going. That was that that was that high school band that I was telling you about, and uh, but yeah, I got into playing bass guitar. Um, a little later in high school, because I realized I was I was terrible at regular guitar. So <laughs> I was like, you know, a bass guitar, it's got about half the strings, like you know, one note at a time kind of deal. Like you know, this is some, this, you know, I have little stubby fingers, Tyler. So <laughs> this is a little something that uh, I can I can grip a little better, if you know what I'm saying. Like, right. But um, but yeah, dude. Plus, I ended up just uh, during that time, I had dabbled. I you know I had mowed enough lawns, saved up for my own drum set, so so I had a really like rhythmic approach to playing the guitar anyway, and I kind of liked the single note approach, so I kind of just gravitated towards the style of the bass guitar. Plus, towards later uh, later high school, I I made friends with a bunch of people who uh, who were really talented guitar players, and and no one ever wanted to play the bass, so I was stoked right. to just hop in on there. And uh, bought myself a little hundred dollar amp off Craigslist that I actually still have. Love it. It's a little workhorse, nice. man. My acoustic B one hundred. And uh, and yeah, dude, I uh, I started playing bass, and I and I never I never stopped. That's awesome. And, and you know when 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 you bring up the the Green Day 
influence too. I mean, you gotta respect the baselines of Green Day. Oh, dude, Mike Durant, dude. A yes, beast. yeah. So, uh, so I definitely, you know, that's great, and yeah, um, definitely overpopulation of guitarists. So um, that's uh, I can definitely feel that. That's great. Uh, you know, I definitely grew as I got. Funny enough, when I when I asked for my first guitar, I got a bass. So uh, similar experience, a little bit different, but I ended up with a bass, and um, <clears throat> and I, I enjoyed it. But I definitely was, you know want gunning for that guitar but now i look back and i'm a big bass player and now i love it so uh i can definitely i can definitely you know appreciate falling in love with the big guitar of course i mean they're essentially the same instrument you know it's really just a difference right. of play style i would say because if you can play one you pretty much play both yes absolutely um all right so how about let's go over this i love to ask this around this time too so um how about first concert and you know what you know what what were you what did, was it would you get to see green day around Dude, that american I got idiot green era day. i saw green day it was like 2009 man we uh we showed up like hours before the concert you know i had my elbows like on the guardrails for that one that was really cool wow but, and that was um, your first one first ever my first ever ever concert was totally and this is gonna be a throwback with red jumpsuit apparatus <laughs> wow face down oh, comes dude, they beaming the into my head down. oh yeah <laughs> i think uh shiny toy guns were also there if you remember those guys they were they were mm-hmm. wild for a while but yeah man that was that was a good time i went with uh, my buddy nathan doyle who actually uh, does some recording we were like in seventh grade or something at the time and we were so stoked <laughs> we like had his dad drop us off we were we were all jacked up oh, on monster classic. energies you know just living the life, dude. Yeah, that's were you a were, that's yeah definitely classic moment the monster energy and were you a warp tour goer too, dude? So uh, yes, <laughs> of course. That. Yeah, of course, man. I I actually uh, the last warp tour I went to was probably in like twenty like eighteen or something like that. And man, I showed up I showed up alone because I had no other friends who like uh, were like off work that day. And I showed up, and I actually um, I brought a little bottle of gin in my in my car, and I uh, oh. I parked like down the street, ripped a couple of shots of gin, and then I actually uh, I, you know it was more than I intended to drink, but I ended up uh, I ended up wandering my way back into like the like the behind the the behind the scenes thing, and ended up I think it was like Carousel Kings, I ended up just uh, meeting those guys, hanging out with them, and. You know, in hindsight, they were probably like, who is this, like, belligerent, like, teenage kid? <laughs> like, get him out of here, please. But they were actually very, very polite. They were a gentleman to me, so I appreciate that. But, man, I had a great time. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, it's, it's a warp Tour. If that's not happening, is it even the warp Tour? Right. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, uh, that that's, yeah, gotta have, I will always have fond memories of the Warped Tour, and definitely free monsters being given out that were just dehydrating me and killing me, but uh, I, yeah, I can definitely have to link Monster with Warped Tour every single time. Oh, yeah, or Rockstar, dude. or, you know, There was definitely was a war sponsoring. going inside of my, like, head and stomach between the, uh, the Monster Rehabs and the, like, <laughs> the, like, the well-level gin that I was drinking. <laughs> I'm sure. All right. Um, let's, so we talked about your first band a little bit and you know, your, that, that first band, were you guys playing shows? Like what, what were you like pretty deep in the local scene and going to shows at that no, point? No, that, no, that first band was more so like we were 15, like we were playing at like, you know, bar and grill type places, doing pretty much strictly covers. The first band that I really got into the local scene with was, uh, was my band Longfinger, which, um, we, uh, 
we started playing St. Pete around, uh, like, 2017, something like that. Right. And we had a fun go, and uh, those guys were, were great to jam with. It uh, it just seemed that we all kind of wanted a little something something different from the sound. We I kind of, like, made a Facebook post. I was like, look, you know, I'm trying to uh, do some music. I got all this equipment. And, uh, and a couple of my Facebook friends, uh, Justin and Edgar, linked up with me, and... Um, and we started playing some shows, had kind of almost like a little Nirvana meets, like, Green Day meets, like, Love it. like you know, Edgar was more into, like, Rise Against type stuff. So it kind of, it had, like, a clash of styles, almost, which worked in a way, but in, I think independently we all kind of wanted to specialize in what we wanted, you know what I mean? So it, right. after a time, it just seemed like we... You know, we should part ways, and and we did it. We did it on good terms, man. I'm still really good friends with those guys, and I love them. That's the best. That's great. And you guys were all songwriters, contributing songwriters in that project. Uh, yeah, yeah. We all definitely. I mean, I tended to write the lyrics, but but I mean, dude. I mean, you, you're you're in a, you've been in bands and stuff. Like you, you know how it goes. I mean, everybody writes. You know, I'm not dictating. Like, hey, like play this on guitar, or this drum beat. You know, I think right. for any one person in a band setting to claim that they're the sole songwriter is just kind of almost wrong. Like it's at least sure. in bands I've been, in, it's not really how it works. You know? Yeah. No, that I can definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that reminds me of I was in. Um, of course, um, um, you know, we played because we played together. A new fang was very much similar situation, you know. Of course, we, man. We, we all really wanted to play music, and we clicked well. We had good chemistry, and, um, you know, we had a great, amazing time. Just some of the best times of my life, seriously. But, um, yeah, like, like you said, we all kind of wanted to pursue a little bit different avenue and we ended it on great terms and yeah and we're, we're all super good friends so sometimes definitely it's just get the best that. move you know yeah yeah it's growth man you know it's kind of like it reminds me of when i went and i never liked this when you know you follow an artist and like they, they have like a sound and then their second or third album comes out and they're, they're trying stuff new and you know they're maybe trying out a different sound or going a different direction and people are like you should stick to what you know come on what happened this that's not who you are it's like people grow people change people want to explore absolutely you know i love that and i think that Um, that's one thing as a music fan that like mm -hmm. i've uh i've been able to to more understand from being in these bands and kind of i I can like accept the growth within these these other uh musicians a little with a little more like open arms and open eyes you know Mm -hmm. right absolutely um, let's talk about, let's talk about the writing process a little bit. So you've already told me that, you, you know, you're lyric guy. So like when you're writing your songs, uh, and we're going to get in the nitty gritty here. Are you, you starting with lyrics before music, kind of a message, or do you like the vibe of the music kind of to guide your lyrics and things like that? Man. So with the drain outs, it's like a whole totally different, different thing. Cause, uh, with, with this project, all right now there's there's three of us. We started as a four piece. Um, we put out an EP about a year ago or so, and um, that EP was uh, was kind of a collection. You know how when you're first starting a band, um, you kind of are just getting stoked on like whatever is is you're producing like at all. You know what I mean? Right. And um, so we had about about ten or fifteen songs that we had all kind of written either like individually or collectively, depending on the songs. You know, we'd send each other demos and stuff like that. But um, those were kind of our favorites. 
uh, of the of the like ten or fifteen songs that we had, and those were pretty much written um, mostly like individually. You know, like our guitarist Matt would be like, "Hey, like check out this riff," you know, and then he'd send it, and then maybe I'd like put some lyrics on it or come with a bass line, you know. Or Dan, even our drummer, he totally like also plays guitar, so he'll be like, "Yo, like I got this riff," like you know, and. Or sometimes I would just send like a fully fleshed out demo to those guys and I'd be like, sick, like let's record that. But um, so that's kind of what our first EP was like. It was more of individual songs we songs we'd written as individuals that we'd kind of collaborated on in the last minute, and then uh, and then kind of fleshed out from there. But the stuff we've been working on recently and over the past year has been we, we we've kind of found that that our favorite songs that we play that are our own are the, uh, the ones that we kind of, they started as like a jam, you know what I mean? So we, uh, we definitely try to jam often at practice and, you know, we're like, Oh man, that chord change sounds like really sick or like whatever riff you're doing combined with that beat sounds super gnarly. Let's, um, let's try to grow that. And then from there, we'll try to like record a little demo of it, and then and then I'll drive around town blasting the demo and try to build <laughs> lyrics lyrics on that, like yes. or melodies on top of that. But that being said, you know, every now and then I'll I'll be like you know, under the influence of some stuff in my house and uh, grab my acoustic guitar maybe, or you know, I'll be feeling some heavy emotions, and then again like some chords will just come to you, and you'll you'll have some some stuff you want to say. And uh, and something will come out of that too. So it's it's really just a mixed bag, you know. Right. That's one just of the very coolest organic. parts of collaborating. I think is because, like I said, even our drummer Dan, you know, he'll be like, "Dude, I uh, I got this riff. No, send me the riff." And I'm like, "Dude, I love that." And then I'll I'll write some I'll like spit some lyrics on it, and Mac will be like, "Dude, those lyrics are trash. Like, you know that <laughs> that's stupid." But also here's this like guitar lick. And then I'll be like, damn, you know what? You're right, Matt. Like those lyrics were terrible. So I'm just going to not say anything. And then we'll just have like a guitar part there. And what if we're just literally like, and just say like some goo goo gaga crap or some whatever. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, and then, and then we'll write lyrics after that. You know, it's, it really is song by song. Right. I love it. Keeping it organic, keeping it spontaneous. Um, it's all about th- that's keeping it cool. fun too, man. I feel like if you take yeah. it too seriously, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, and you got to make sure everybody's voice is heard too. That's really important for us in the songwriting process. We don't want to make it feel like it's anyone's like, like it's, oh, Blake's a singer. So it's like his band. It's it's like, that's totally not the case at all. Like, honestly, I would, if I, if I would even give anyone the most credit, I would say like Matt, Matt, our guitar player comes over like the majority of like the chordal shifts and stuff he's uh, honestly as a three-piece dude everybody is is a integral member right i was just thinking that i was just sitting because you know i would for the last year and a half i was swinging the five piece so like we all definitely contributed writing wise and creativity wise but um a lot of it came down to like you know like kind of a core uh you know that we were able to just for many reasons you know 
kind of almost availability, a lot of different things. But um, but we all eventually, you know, got together and put our, you know, our, our print on it. But Absolutely. I was just sitting here thinking, yeah, with a three piece, you know, it's really you guys just have to be a team together, like no matter what, you know, this, that is that's so awesome. I love that. And I'm I'm so excited to hear, you know, because hearing how differently you guys are approaching this um, um, compared to like the first stuff, it seems like you're doing a little more collaboratively uh in a sense so um that's awesome and how is the so how is the record going where are you guys recording at and um uh and i want you know how's the experience going i would love to hear about the approach production wise too what are you guys going for on here sure so so with our first ep and we released a couple singles uh earlier this year we did that through our buddy uh nathan uh at voyager recording which is based out of clearwater great friend of ours and stuff but we we tended to want, um, we kind of wanted to play with the recordings a little bit more on our own. And um, our drummer Dan has had um, some experience working with, um, you know, some some recording tools. And he, and we we collectively have a bunch of microphones and stuff. So we were like, you know what? Let's just try this on our own. So wow. uh, over quarantine, we've been uh, we've been ripping some some. Uh, some demos and tracks uh, over at um, either combination of Dan's house and also uh, he works he works for a concrete company and they have this huge warehouse where you can get insane reverb and his oh, boss wow. totally just lets us go in there and set up our stuff over the weekend and just record and it sounds like a freaking Goliath stadium in there so we've been just trying massive. to experiment with different sounds in there as well. But uh, but yeah, and then that's cool because we can really dial in more of like the sound we want. We're trying to go for a more like garagey kind of lo-fi sound. So with that in mind, it's it's something that's super attainable with a DIY recording approach because we're not really necessarily going for the crisp like pop idol sound. You know what I mean? Right. It's almost better. Right. Yeah. Plus, plus that way we can give it like unlimited revisions and really mull it over and um and really take our time with it before we uh we're releasing we're not on anyone else's schedule or or deadlines or especially now with this uh this virus and and being an independent artist in general it's like it's we kind of like that approach right that's awesome. Um, well, that's that sounds like you know just based off the, you know, the surroundings and what you're going for. That sounds like an, a good recipe for success right there. And love having, yeah, no pressure. Just just all focus, all organic. You know, anything finished is not. It's not just because you needed to get it done. It's because you guys were like feeling good about it. It's art, that man. That's how it should be. I feel like it's right. It's, we're ready when we're ready to unveil the canvas. That's when. Uh, that's when we'll pull the pull the sheet back. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. That's great. Um, and so these these uh, I want to talk about the singles real quick, and then we'll get uh, back to the album. Um, so you did. Now I was I was giving you guys a listen some of this new stuff here. Um, um, so did you do so? Believe me, in Cops Push Mongo, I was listening to those, those your twenty twenty singles here. So were those those were both done with Nathan? Correct. Yeah, those were those were done with Nathan, and we were pondering um including them on this release but i think since we're doing the a separate recording style and stuff we wouldn't want those to to necessarily stick out you know plus plus it's been such a time gap between it all that i think we're just going to have those as like some one-off tracks you know just kind of hold people over yeah um 
But I think we got some more singles on the way from our uh, from our upcoming. I think we're gonna shoot for a full record, a full like maybe like ten or twelve song release. Awesome. So you can be definitely looking for some new some new singles soon. Um, we got a couple mixed, but we wanna we wanna have like a good a good. I, you know, I don't want to release some and then it's like, oh, six months later, here's the rest of the record. So I think we're gonna gonna sit on them and and wait a little bit, you know. Right, yeah, that that's great, and build a little strategy for the release and all that. That's that's great. Um, I gotta say, I was a big fan of, um, yeah, uh, Cops Push Mongo. I, you know, I don't know if you were uh, a Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two fan, but dude, I was like, this just, I would have thrown that right on that soundtrack. Like, it just had great, great vibes, great skate vibes. I was real, really loved it. So, dude, and, Pro uh, Skater uh, Pro Skater Four was my main one. That was like my favorite game as a kid. PlayStation Two, man. I still, I honestly, still got it hooked up in my spare room. <laughs> keeping it going that's great yeah uh that's awesome you know and I, and I wasn't i'm not really from tampa i just moved here you know in the last five years but it was so cool to me that you know in the underground series you know of course you can do the oh, tampa yeah. am oh man love it love it so it's cool to be it was cool to move to a city with a, a little like a nice rich uh, skating history here it's cool um, um so were you well on that you know i were you a skater <laughs> I mean, yeah, I got out there and fell a whole bunch, man. I got a, a lot of bruises, but you know what? I paid your dues. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not necessarily that good. Like I can kickflip and land it about you know sixty percent of the time, but <laughs> but um, right. you know you definitely won't see me out there doing any like nine hundreds or anything like that. <laughs> no, no, come on. <laughs> oh man, well no, but you get such. You guys just set. Uh, I mean, you just. I hear the influence. I love it. I was. I was a longboarder temporarily until you know i i didn't fell a whole bunch i don't like to fall that much I, I gave up pretty quick but um um but man when i was skate this kind of stuff was was right up my alley i love it so um uh, that's awesome and I'm, and I'm really looking forward uh, to hear um uh, uh, you know what you guys are coming up with for this full length um uh attacking that is is this your full t- first time putting out a full length i know you guys had the ep um, but this is your first full length, right? As an artist and as a band. Yeah, as individuals, for all three of us, is going to be our first like full, full project uh, of this of this caliber. So we're all really, really trying hard, and we're trying to you know weed out. We're like, hey, you know, does this song belong on here? We're like, you know, as we're writing right. new songs, even during the recording process, we're like, hey, you know, like this one might be better to include than like this other one that we've been planning on doing just because the vibe or I don't know, but. You mentioned that that Cops Push Mongo song. I think that's kind of collectively been all three of our favorite song uh, that we put out. Just because it's got like a fun, like it's you know it's short and sweet, and it's just like it's got that like spaghetti western guitar solo <laughs> like outro thing. It's it's um it's we just with the, with the drainouts, man. We just want to give like a fun like dancey kind of vibe, you know, something that gets people like pumped up and just like beer thirsty. So yes. Love it, and and I will attest from uh, seeing you guys live. It is that is the vibes that are definitely brought very hard. So you know, listeners here, if you get the chance, I know times are limited right now, but do not miss out on an opportunity to go party for, with the drainouts for a set because it is a good time, um, uh, for real. <laughs> so let's uh, um, so this went so. Uh, I know you guys are trying to stock up with some songs, but can we give for our listeners here, can we give them an ETA about maybe when the first single off the album might be dropping? Well, I will say this. We definitely uh, met up with our boy Eric um, 
and and we're shooting a music video for the single number one, and the, the it's already done being shot. So whenever nice. whenever that's done being edited, we'll probably uh, probably drop the first single, I guess, probably pretty soon. And then uh, as far as the full record, I can't make any promises, but we're looking maybe like June, something like that. Nice. But All yeah, right. we uh, we we're we're kind of poking around, seeing if we can't land some kind of um, like a vinyl distribution deal as well. But you know what? We, you know we're, we're doing what we can. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Well, I hope so. Vinyl's back in a big way. I would love to get my hands on a copy of that vinyl if you get it. So I will definitely be keeping my eye out for that. And for people, uh, other you know people who are looking to keep up with you, where's the best place to keep up with the drainouts? Where can we hear about the latest news and get your merch and all the goodies? Well, of course, we've got our uh, our band camp with all of our, our merch. We got a couple T-shirts up there, as well as our uh, discography. We got some hard copies of the first CD. Um, outside of that, of course, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, the whole shebang. You know, we, these people these people know where to find us if they wanna they wanna right. look. You know, but uh, <laughs> and yeah. Right, and we will have all those links, of course, as usual, in our uh, in the description of the podcast. Um, so make sure you check out, head over to that uh, band camp. Uh, head over, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. You want to keep in the loop with these guys. A lot of great, exciting stuff coming up, all right? Uh, and check out their music on Spotify. And uh, you guys are on all the, uh, all the spots, all the big spots. You, everyone knows where it is, like you said. So uh, make sure to go check them out. Um, uh, we're super excited about this, man. Um, Great. So, hey, well, man, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, I feel like I've learned so much about you and the and the band, and I'm super excited about uh, this upcoming album. It's going to be a great time. Um, uh, so thank you so much for coming on, man. Dude, of course, Tyler. Anytime, man. And you got to give me a call, and uh, we could set up some kind of Tony Hawk session. Come over here and get cream. Ooh, dang. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Well, let's do it. I definitely will uh, get creamed, but I'm down for it. I'm down to have some fun with that for sure. <laughs> Uh, but all right, man. Well, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, we have Mr. Blake Billington from the drain outs. Make sure to go give them a listen, give them a follow and we'll see you next time. Panda paws out. Right on. Thank you guys. Later.